podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. Big day for the University of Texas. We expect Chris Del Conte, athletic director, to make a formal statement uh, to the media today uh, about the list of requests. I say requests because I don't want to use the word demands, but they're more like demands than they darn well should be. That a collection of UT, University of Texas athletes across multiple sports have put out about changes they want made to the university that involves the renaming of a number of buildings, a removal and replacement of a number of statues, uh, a couple of people honored who deserve to be, and a few other changes uh, in light of the Black Lives Matter movement. I think this is important. Gerald Goodridge of Burnt Orange Nation and Longhorn Republic Podcast is joining us today to talk about what's going on in Austin. Yeah, this is an important subject. We're going to talk about it. If you're hoping for just sports, you can tune back in later this week or you can just unsubscribe. I don't care. Uh, this matters. We're going to say this on this pod today. We're going to say this on this pod moving forward. If you can cheer for them on Saturday, you damn well better be able to stand up and care about them as a human being every other day of the week. So really excited about this pod. This is a very good podcast. Very excited about this episode. Gerald, always a great time having him on. I think this is an important topic and I'm, I'm happy to be able to, to talk about it. Um, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. We've got some articles that we're sharing on them on there. Uh, Mike Finger from the uh, San Antonio... I forget which paper. That's a terrible thing. I should have written it down. He had a really good article about this. I'm going to share uh, on that account. Make sure and check that out there. There's a few other things that we're going to share in relation to another episode this week. It's already in the can, so I don't have to worry about it. Um, so go and follow us on Twitter at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. Make sure and follow us on Instagram, T-E-N-1-2-P-O-D. We would appreciate that. Leave us a rating and a review. Five stars, please. 
like we haven't gotten a review in a while and i would like one and if you hate that we're talking about this feel free to say so and if, uh, if you're okay with it that would be awesome too all that said let's get to it So if you haven't heard by now, um, there's a big story going on in Austin uh, that the university is expected to speak upon uh, today, Monday, uh, and that would be the demands by a group of student athletes um, to to have some changes made to the university uh, to basically wipe away some of the, I mean, let's just be blunt, some of the very old, um, longstanding um racist monuments that exist on campus. Uh, I I have, let me put it this way, I have done as much reading as I can. I don't feel that I uh, am educated enough to sit here and just talk about this. So I wanted to bring someone on and I, I have wanted to bring him on um, really since, for the last few weeks, because I think he's someone who can bring uh, an excellent perspective to all of this. Uh, my good friend, Gerald Goodridge uh, from Burn Orange Nation and Longhorn Pod joining us today. Gerald, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I honestly was uh, was was a little jealous. I saw a bunch of people I know on your pod, and I was like, "Man, does Phil did, does Phil not like me anymore?" Like I felt <laughs> like it, I was I was feeling some kind of way about it. Uh, well, I uh, I mean, I'll be blunt because that's me. Um, I have been looking for an opportunity to get you on, especially recently, uh, in light of everything going on. Um, I've really appreciated a lot of the comments that you have have had on Twitter and. Um, this just seemed like a perfect opportunity to, to, with everything that's going on and it happening currently on the campus of UT and you being someone who is, I think that's, that's two, two things that intersect for you very personally and closely. So this just felt like, all right, today's the day. Now's the time. Let's get Gerald back on the show. So I want to start with, uh, and we're going to get your thoughts about everything, but uh, the, the, the collection of students have asked for a, 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 say, a list of demands. I almost hate using that word because it sounds so like hostage situation, and I don't think that's the right way to do it, but it's not entirely inaccurate. Um, here's, here's what they're asking for. Um, so as far as, as campus actions go, they want to have the renaming of a list of buildings, including uh, Robert Lee Moore Hall, uh, Painter Hall, Littlefield Hall, and James Hogg Auditorium. Uh, they want uh, the replacement of statues, uh, a number of statues on campus with statues that are more diverse and designed uh, by artists and sculptors for people of color. Uh, they want the inclusion of, of modules for incoming freshmen discussing the history of racism on campus. And they want an outreach program for inner cities in Austin, Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio. Um, as far as the athletics departments go, they want more diversity in the Hall of Fame to include permanent black athletic history exhibit. They went to the UT Athletics Department to donate 0.5% of their annual earnings to black organizations and the Black Lives Movement, um, the Black Lives Matter Movement. Uh, they want to rename an area of the stadium after Julius Whittier, who was the first black football player at UT. Uh, and then finally, uh, changes regarding the entire black community at the University of Texas as the replacement of the Eyes of Texas with a new song without racist undertones and to at least lift the requirements of athletes to sing the song. Uh, before we go piece by piece, Gerald, um, what are just kind of your thoughts on on this list and, and and what the players are asking for? I think that what they're asking for 
to me, it all makes sense. I think, you know, I was, I was at Texas from 2004 to 2008. And I, like, I remember like walking around and seeing statues on the South lawn that only faced the South and like everybody knew it, but nobody really talked about it. And uh, that like, we, everybody knew that Robert Lee Moore refused to teach black students. Like everybody knew that stuff, but nobody really talked about it. Um, but you know, I was just a random you know, journalism student. So what, like what voice did I have? And so the fact that student athletes, not just football players, but student athletes across multiple sports, soccer, volleyball, baseball, um, they're deciding to use the leverage that they have. I mean, I was doing some math and it's probably not good math, but like Forbes estimated that at like a, um, an athletic scholarship is valued somewhere in the range of like 150 to $250,000 a year, which if you look at like 85 scholarships, players bring in somewhere between like six and 11 times the value the university pays out um, for them. So like these players have massive leverage. And the fact of the matter is like, when you think of things like the eyes of Texas, they don't really tell you that it was first performed at a minstrel show. All they tell you is like, you know, it was written in 1903 and performed at, uh, as part of Roundup. That's all they tell you in orientation. Here you go the lyrics from the song singing from the tower. Like that's all they, t that's all they tell you. They don't tell you that. And so then you like, you find another black student or you find like the, like there was a, uh, there was a black um, orientation advisor that like grabbed a couple of us and pulled us to the side. It's like, Hey, I just want to give you like a couple more pieces of information about this that may be pertinent to you. Um, and so like, it's, it's just one of those like unspoken about pieces of history uh, that nobody really talks about. And again, I think that we could talk about like what is more likely to happen, what isn't likely to happen. But the simple fact of the matter is that this is forcing people to confront rather than ignore some of the ugly history of university that I love. I absolutely love the University of Texas. I love my time there. But like there are these there are these parts of it and these the side of it, you know, sitting in class in Robert Lee Moore Hall, going to I had to go to a stupid art show at, at Hog Auditorium. Like I remember it was the worst thing in the world. Um, not just for the art show, but for the fact that it was Hog Auditorium, both of them going together, not only do I have to go to Hog Auditorium, but it's a, it's a stupid art show. Uh, it was just not a great experience in, in those times. One of the points you made, and, and uh, I've thought about this a lot, is, you know, we, we've been talking about student athletes have, athletes in general, but student athletes especially right now have more power than they've ever had in ever. Um, and I understand that that upsets some people, especially those who would prefer that they just play the game and be quiet and, you know, cheer for their team. But not only do I feel like these players are taking advantage of this power in a positive way, like they are using this power in a way that I don't think we're giving enough respect to a bunch of 18 and 19 and 20 year olds for. Like we expect them to make these decisions as 18 year olds to go play for a school. They're supposed to be loyal and never leave and all these other BS nonsense uh, levels of expectations we hold them to. And I think those are all ridiculous, but to see them take a stand in a situation like this and other ways that we're seeing uh, across the country, like I am, it's, it's, I'm, I don't want to say like, I'm surprised to see it. I'm, I'm weirdly proud to to see that kind of thing. And, and it just, it almost makes me more, I don't know if endeared is the right word, but like, this is what you want out of them. This is what, this is what you want of these young men. And to see this from them is uh, incredibly impressive and deserves way more credit than I think people are really giving them right now. 
Absolutely. I mean, we, we treat athletes as role models and these people we want to look up to for their athletic prowess, but it's, it's, these are the types of things that you should aspire to be. You should use your voice to impact change that you want. You should stand up for the things you believe in. It's, you know, one of the weird conversations about like pride in the university and, you know, people are attaching pride in the university to blindly following traditions. When in actuality, like these students want the university that they love and represent to be everything it can be. And, and it's a university that is on the cutting edge. I remember when I was, when I was on campus, the physics department was just like, oh, we made the most powerful laser that's ever existed. I was like, that's cool, right? Like, so it's a cutting edge university. It's a university that prides itself on being at the forefront of technology and culture and film and athletics. And, and the fact that these student athletes and these young men are using their voice and their platform for change is a positive thing. This all started actually like three weeks ago. Brandon Eagles tweeted out that he wasn't going to play again if he couldn't use his platform for good. Uh, and that's kind of the gist of his tweet. Brandon Eagles was slated to be a starter this year. And so that was kind of the first rumblings we saw of this. And we were all really excited about it. it sucks because the kid's an incredible wideout. But like if he, you know, if he's a man of principle, he's a man of principle and I can't be mad about it. And so um, that is, this is kind of the natural outcropping of this. He was the first one, I believe, to tweet out this list and he kind of seemed to be the one that's that's leading and spearheading a lot of this now again the student athletes I didn't get the full count but it's again dozens of athletes across multiple sports are all in line with this so looking at the list I think there's some where you look at and go uh, probably not like it's going to be hard to change the school song I'm not saying that they shouldn't I'm not saying you can't come up with something else, but I do think something like that is going to be harder to get over than say, let's rename some buildings. I mean, again, these are buildings. Like if you're mad uh, that the you're going to change the name, it's a building, like change the name of the building. If this building was on this idea that and here's where I get so annoyed with people with a lot of this stuff. And we're going to, how, how you're going to forget about your history. We're really going to forget about history because we, we don't have monuments to those who were, racist and and terrible people look i understand that good people do bad things um that's fine Um, but there are some bad things that maybe you shouldn't be honored for or maybe you shouldn't be honored at the place where you did the bad thing that you did like i understand wanting to honor someone for something honor them where they did something good not where they did something bad we don't build no you look at and go to dc you look at any war memorial. It is there to honor those who sacrificed their life. It is there to remind us. It's not that a World War II memorial is not there to honor the Nazis because otherwise we'll forget about it. So why do we need to have monuments to racists? If we don't, we'll all become racist again and forget what slavery was. No, you just have to educate people on it and build monuments to remind us of those things, but focusing on the positive individuals who were involved in it, not the assholes and the slave owners and the racists who wanted to make sure that black people stay where they're supposed to be and white people were the superior race and whatever other nonsense they wanted to tote around bullshit i don't really care i'm just ah okay now i'm <laughs> trying not to get like angry ranting about stupid things that stupid people say but so I'm i am all it. for it's renaming a building chisel the old name out put something else in there you can literally just call it science hall no one is going to care you don't have to name it after someone but having it named after them is an issue that someone who literally tried who refused to teach black students is being honored on a university like that is unacceptable okay so down the line i think we all agreed that should be a, a fairly easy one to do uh removing statues of those who obviously had ties to a time that we should probably not 
need to honor as much and replacing them with other things. I think that's great. Uh, I think there's a lot of statues that people are suddenly very defensive about who that they haven't looked at or cared about or couldn't tell you hide or hair what it was up until five minutes after they found out that it was going to come down. Because honestly, most of you don't look at statues, don't act like you do, you don't care, you could pass by the same one over and over and over again until someone says that's going to come down. You don't even care about it, don't act like it's a big deal that it's coming down. Um, this one is interesting, and I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on it. It's one that I'm, I'm curious if that it's hard for a university to admit the mistakes of its past. It's hard for anyone to admit the mistakes of our past. We don't want to own up to those kinds of things or have it pointed back at us. But the inclusion of modules for incoming freshmen discussing the history of racism on campus and providing racial injustice awareness. Um, what what do you think about that particular item on the checklist? So for, I'll just be honest with you, those things are happening informally already. Like there are conversations among Black students at orientation. There are conversations in Black student organizations. You have three black friends and you all talk about how, I mean, well, the civil war was what, 1860, 1861 and the, the university was established in like 1839. So like you talk about the fact that the, the campus predates the civil war. Uh, so like those, those are just things that you understand. Um, but again, nobody really talks about it. So I think there's, there is a way to do it that I think doesn't denigrate the university. I mean, we have an incredible history department. Like they're, they're incredible history professors and voices I had some incredible ones, history is like a weird passion of mine. Um, and so like there are ways to teach that, that are like, this is not who we are now, but we were established in 1839 and that was 20-ish years before the Civil War and Texas was part of the Confederacy. Like you could teach that without saying we're a Confederate university. There's a, another university you know, down the road that people are trying to keep a Confederate general statue up. That's another conversation, but um like you could, you could teach that. You can have a conversation about that without saying that's who we are today. No, I think that's fair. I, what, what's the first step uh, when you go to an AA meeting? The first step is admitting that you have a problem. You can't heal anything without first admitting that there was something wrong there. Like you can try, well, I'll just, Ask anyone who's ever tried to quit a bad habit. Until you're willing to admit that that bad habit exists, you're never going to get rid of it. And this is a country as a whole who's never really stopped to acknowledge that, you know, we were a very racist nation based on, founded upon what it was. Um, we don't want to deal with that, really. We just kind of be like, hey, we had the Civil War, they're free, everything's fine, it's, it's, we, hooray. We don't really want to address it. So it's not comfortable. I understand that. That's it's not meant to be. It shouldn't be comfortable. You shouldn't be like, oh yeah, slave school, racism. Uh, but it's a conversation that has to be had if you're gonna have any sort of healing to begin with. Like you have to to talk about what was wrong in the first place before you're ever gonna be able to move past it. Yeah, and it's not and, and I think the, the admission that you talk about is not admitting it to yourself, but admitting it to others, right? I I admit I have a problem to somebody that can hold me accountable to it. And so mm -hmm. I think that's that's what this education is about. It's like well, I'm you're going to hold me accountable to be better. You're going to hold me accountable to be greater. And, and again, it's, it's, you can't escape the civil war roots of this, this university. It's, it's impossible to do so. So rather than try to hide it and have a, a, let's be honest, a big chunk of your student population pissed off all the time because I have to go into T.S. Painter Hall. I have to walk by a Confederate general, uh, Littlefield uh, has three different places named after him, by the way. Like it's just, it's, 
rather than kind of wash over it, let's have a conversation about it and move forward. Um, outreach program for inner cities in Austin, Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio. I thought that was interesting that it included Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio. Obviously, UT being the flagship university of the state. Um, at first glance, it's like, oh, that's interesting that's outside of Austin, but that also makes sense considering um, the importance of the University of Texas to the state as a whole. Um, that seems like something that should be I mean, that seems like something should be done. And if that includes being student-led, I think that would actually make it even better with with the university and full support behind it. Uh, more, more diversity in the Hall of Fame. That you just do it. Just shut up and do it. Uh, UT Athletics Department to donate 0.5% of their annual earnings to black organizations and the Black Lives uh, Matter movement. I mean, we all know how much Texas makes a year. I know 0.5% is a large amount, like a large dollar amount, but also I think it's 0.5%. It's well, it's not even that big of an amount. Like the, I think in 2018, I think the number was like 214 million dollars in revenue. I think it was the athletic revenue number. Um, and so like half a percent is like a million bucks. <laughs> like just Chris Del Conte can cough and come up with a million bucks. <laughs> now I think just that, just lift a chair cushion. Like, oh, just well, hello there. Just shake a donor and a million's going to come out. But, I think the this is one that I think there's going to be some conversation around just because um, of the like it's weird for a public university to donate to um, a political organization like that. There's probably some law that mm-hmm. you have to work around, but I think um, I think black organizations I think it's something you can talk about, and I think even if it's something as simple as creating a a you know a, a black student scholarship fund or something like that, I think they'll be I think the money will happen. I don't know where the money's going to go, but I'm pretty yeah. confident the money will happen. No, I, I think that's fair. I, it, and black organizations is, is vague enough. That, that could even mean starting something on the university campus itself to organize some things. So absolutely, uh, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. The renaming of an area of the stadium after Julius Whittier, the first black football player at UT. At least give the man an end zone. Like, give the man an end zone or they're, something, half of a stadium. They're renovating the entire south end zone. It's going to include new field house stuff. Like, name the player lounge after Julius Whittier. Like, it's there super easy. Like, just like I, I really looking at this list of demands. Like oh, I say demands. I hate saying demands, but yeah, it, they are. Right. But it's saying demands is like I am the captain. Of this. Like yeah, <laughs> which is, uh, but I, I, I think again the eyes in Texas. I think that's a that's going to be a hard one to work around. I understand the point, but I think you're going to have a very difficult time trying to replace that. Um, again, I think. Taking them at verbatim is going to be difficult with, again, with the UT Athletics donating 0.5%. Um, I think outreach program can be done, but I think it will be a complicated thing that won't be quick. But things like renaming an area of the stadium after Julius Whittier, like, done. Just make it happen. It doesn't, like, once you're done with the new south end zone, you're going to probably have some, like, beautiful park. That, so name it Julius Whittier Park at the in the south end zone. Just do whatever you're already building, just put his name on something and make sure that people make sure I would say, make sure it's something public so that people see it. Not just like, I like the players lounge, but that's only for the players. Yeah. I would want something outward facing so that, Oh yeah, it's Julius Whittier park or it's Julius Whittier end zone or inter- just something so that, that, yes. So that, that people when they are coming to games, see that. And he is ignorant. So if his family comes to a game, they're like, aha, there we, yes, it's about damn time. Thank you. And, and like, I want to talk about the eyes of Texas for a second. Cause like this Please. is so like if one people having to wrestle with the, the uncomfortable truth about what the eyes of Texas is, is like half the battle, right. Where it was written 
based upon so the the president of the university of texas stole the eyes of south the south are upon you for robert e lee and then said the eyes of texas are upon you the texas cowboys did a minstrel show every spring and performed a this song that we now sing as a school song as part of a minstrel show in blackface to make fun of the president. So like ha having to have that conversation is half the battle. But what I like the thing that I talk about a lot, and I'm gonna talk about this on our podcast tomorrow, uh, is the eyes of Texas in my mind is not the iconic stadium song for Texas. It's Texas fine. Like of the two songs, like Texas when like when you go back and you fire up NCAA 14, what's the menu music? It's not it's not the eyes of Texas, it's Texas fight. Like that is the that is in popular culture probably one of the more um, more notable school songs and, and it's maybe that's a controversial opinion whatever but like Texas fights a better song I'm gonna be honest with you like I'm, <laughs> I love my alma university but again I kind of always hated singing Texas fight because I knew back in the back of my mind like what it was um, but again like there are so many different ways that you can address this and the simple fact of the matter that student athletes it's are required to stand there and sing it kind of sucks. Now, if you just say, Hey, you don't have to stand here, then that becomes a weird, like, Oh, why are you here? But not you. So that it turns into a whole yeah. kneeling for the anthem kind of situation. So um, it's, it's weird. I don't know. Del Conte's going to talk. Del Conte's an incredible leader. And so I'm excited to see what he and these, these student athletes uh, come to back to the table with. No, I agree. I, again, I don't think most of this list is outlandish. I don't think it's outrageous. I think it, most of it should be easy to do. You can tell me some logistical things that I'm not aware of, but most of it's renaming stuff, taking down terrible old statues with some probably some really awesome new statues. And who doesn't love new artwork? Um, naming some things. I just like I don't see most of this list and go. It's gonna be a really hard list to do. There are some. If you stick to the specifics, yes. If you allow some wiggle room and some negotiation, I don't think that there's any issue with, I would say, 90% of this list being executed within the next five years, if, if we're being honest. Now, you're going to have to deal with, let's be honest, and I don't know the donor base. I don't know what they're like at the University of Texas right now. If they're like most places, there are a lot of old, rich, white guys who like things to be the same way they were back when they were at university there. Uh, but outside of maybe having a few grumpy donors, like the, you would think if leadership within the university is strong enough, your school president, your athletic director, and, and, and everyone else is on board with, with certain changes that those should be easy to get done. I, I wouldn't be shocked. And, and you're right. There's a lot of old money. There's a lot of old oil money that, that comes in for the donors, but you've got young, you've got young guys that are becoming big athletic supporters and donors uh, as well. I mean, again, it's, it's Austin's becoming a pretty big tech hub. Austin's becoming a pretty big conference hub in, in central Texas. And so like, there are people that I think are willing to front. I mean, Del Conte was able to fund an entire stadium without asking for like donor money. So like there's, there's money out there to do these things, um, which is impressive. Yeah. So Gerald, I'll get you out here on this. Um, just looking at this as a Texas alum, like how just proud are you of the players for coming together to try and try and do this? Like without sounding cheesy, I like, I got choked up when I saw no, it. No, say I, be cheesy. That's fine. Be, yeah. I, that's fine. I was, I was sitting on my couch and I saw the tweet. I think it came in when my son was napping, which is great. 
Uh, so I had time to process because three-year-olds are a nightmare. Um, but I was able to sit and process. I'm like thinking back to all those times when I was on campus. I, was, I took a math class in RLM and I was pissed. I was like, God, racist. Like it's just one of the, it, it's, and feeling like powerless, feeling like I didn't have a voice to change it at a university that I loved. I, I fell in love with the University of Texas. I'll never forget um, Derek Johnson, Red River Rivalry. Like, punt, like grabs a quarterback, punches the ball, and the ball flies 40 yards. Like I'll never, I ran around my house and I was like, all right, that's where I'm going to school. And I fell in love with it. Uh, and I still, I, I love the university when I was there and I love it now. And the fact that um, something that I value so much um, in the university and something that I value so much in the athletes in that university. And I love, uh, I was a youth pastor in a former life. So I love young people finding their voice and leading and things like that. Um, and so it's just like all of these things came together. Like I got choked up. Like I was super proud of these young men. Like how, like at 19, I was not trying to figure out how do I leverage my platform to change the largest university in the state of Texas for the better. I was trying to figure out like, how do I get to class on time and not look hung over? Like, that's what I was trying to do. Um, so the fact that these, these young men have their head on their shoulders, like in this way, just, just is incredible. And I'm so, so stinking proud. So obviously uh, this is coming out on Monday. Uh, I look forward to seeing what Crystal Conte has to say uh, during his press conference. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to it because I think we're going to be mostly happy with the things that, that come from this. Um, I just, I do. I would be shocked if they're like, nah, like, I just, I don't see that happening. Um, I want to wrap up on this. My favorite thing I've seen on Twitter over the last few days is the number of people coming out about things like this. Uh, people like J.J. Watt or Baker Mayfield stating that they're going to be taking a knee during the season this year. Um, all I know is this. Apparently, there's going to be like no... F- based off of the opinions I see from some people on Twitter, there's not going to be very many fans watching this year. Because people who see these things happen and see their, their favorite player be in support of of the movement that we're seeing across the U.S. and across the stinking world is there's friggin' marches in other countries, which just tells you how big of a deal this actually is. Um, can I just say to all of you, and Gerald, if you would like to pitch in a, a mention, you're welcome to. You don't have to. Um, bye. Uh, will not miss you as a fan. And can I just say as a fan of sports teams, the idea that I won't have to worry about you standing next to me in a game yelling shit I don't want to hear, especially if I bring my young daughter, makes my heart warm inside to know that I don't have to be a fan. I don't have to have fans who aren't okay with players voicing their opinions uh, next to me, assuming you actually aren't going to show up and be a fan anymore, even though deep down I know you're just Twitter angry. Yeah. um, So we said this on our podcast after – um, there was like a lot of players started tweeting when after George Floyd's murder and, and that whole uh, situation, players were tweeting uh, just about issues that are important to them. And we said it on, on our show, like Tom Herman came out and said uh, some really incredible comments of people were, people were awesome saying stuff. some real dumb stuff uh, <laughs> about him. And, and we've like, this is my official stance, like unsubscribe unfollow, I will not miss you. Like yeah. period, end of sentence. Um you there's a longer conversation to be had about why people feel uncomfortable with athletes um, voicing their opinion. And we can talk about the socio and political history of that. But mm-hmm. um, the fact of the matter is like, you were there for entertainment. You weren't there for the players. And I think Tom Herman said it so well, like if you're going to cheer them on Saturdays for three and a half hours and you have to cheer them in every aspect of their lives. Yep. 
the same. I, we applauded Tom Herman here on this show, which is a big I thing for us it to say great. positive things. Thank you. It's a very big thing for us to say nice things about Tom Herman. It doesn't come often. Um, I wrote about it on Cowboys Right for Free. I stand by it and will continue to say it throughout the season as well. If you're going to cheer for them on Fridays, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, any day of the week, but you can't stand with them when they have a real when they have something that really matters to fight. Um, go away, go find something else to do. You can you can take up cards at your house. I don't give a shit. Um, but I don't I don't need you to be part of my fan base. Go go look at a statue. Go watch a statue for three and a half hours on a Saturday. There's a lot of them. You could probably go dig one out of a river and take it home and put it in your house or your backyard. A very nice thing for all of you to stand around cultish and just praise. Practice your sculpting. Learn history Ooh. through sculpting. Whatever you history go. you want to learn. Yeah. Sculpt whatever you want. Whatever. Gerald, as always, has been awesome. Uh, seriously, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you very much for joining us to talk about, about what I think is something that, that really matters. Um, for everybody who wants to check out the work you do covering Texas, uh, where can they do so? Uh, you can find me on uh, my podcast. We, we put it out every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, Longhorn Republic Pod. You'll find us actually on the Burn Orange Nation podcast feed. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at GH Goodrich. I'll probably offend you at least once or twice. It's fine. Uh, just deal with it. Um, mm-hmm. I tweet a lot about, but it's basically like politics and then my kid is really all I tweet about. Uh, so you can follow me there. But the, And then obviously Burn Orange Nation is where I write sometimes. I'm still waiting for your just like coffee table book with the collection of your tweets about your child because they they crack me up Every time, like every time. This dude told me he was too tired to take a nap. It was a real, like, it's, it's, it's the twilight zone in my house. <laughs> Children are fun. Children are fun. All right, man. Uh, we will, uh, we will talk again next time. We'll actually talk about sports. I mean, we are, but you know, maybe we'll have a game to talk about. Who knows? All right. Uh, appreciate it. Everybody go give Gerald a follow. I promise it is worth it. The kid tweets are hilarious. Like they, they put a smile on my face every time. It's not even my kids. So that's, you know, it, that's, that tells you they're pretty good. Uh, Gerald, as always, it's a pleasure, and I will talk to you again soon, bud. Thanks, Philip. Podcast Network.